Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Friday series, episode 9. It's been a while, very busy last few weeks with some trips and I've shared some other podcasts where I've been guests on and all that combined. I think I've probably missed out on a catch up or a Friday debrief session for the last four Monday episodes that have had guests. So today what I'm going to do is we do a little catch up for each one, what I learned, what I loved about it and I'm going to talk about my trip to Joffrey Lakes which I've just done this weekend, has gone by amazing place in BC that you've got to go to but we'll get to that in a minute and I've got a little bit to finish on the fall so awesome fall plans and maybe a summer recap I've got some quick fire questions I'm going to ask myself and answer and I don't even know what I'm going to answer so um, the idea is I've written the questions down I've not really thought about them I'll find out myself and let's see what comes out from my trips in the summer so that's today's session and episode catch up so we had the court case guys come on hilarious episode James and Sweet Tea are brilliant guests and have a brilliant podcast. They are very popular at the minute with their court case type style. So they talk about a whole array of subjects across the board. A bit of travel, a bit of lifestyle, a bit of sex and relationships, all across the board. And they give their thoughts at the end after kind of talking about and discussing about a particular story or subject. Uh, I've got a few favourite episodes, which I said on the episode itself. I love the conspiracy episode, Max Berry. There was the court case with obviously Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. That was a pretty decent one as well. And they also done an episode at a request of me, which was the Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney fiasco in court a few months back. Uh, if you don't know that court case, just have a little search on Google and have a read of it. It's absolutely stupid. It's all over Instagram and leaking stories. So they actually done an episode on that for me, which is great. So thanks to them for that. And you should check out the episode because it's a bit of a different direction. It's not fully travel. And we talk about an array of stories and stuff. But Sweet Tea, who's the host, is now a flight attendant. So we did have an angle of travel there. And it's good to get someone to come on and talk about their job who's new. Because I had B from the Flight Attendant Podcast come on. And she's very experienced. She's been doing it for years but I was keen to get Sweet Tea's kind of first initial thoughts on it. So that was a good angle for travel. And I love their Hawaii five-year plan. Five-year plan to get to Hawaii. 
mean, why not? What a place. Gotta go. And to finish on those guys, I'm actually going on as a guest. I'm still waiting a date to come on and talk about a load of stuff. James Court has told me that he has a plan for our episode, so I'm very intrigued. He's very excited by it. So I'll let you guys know. I'll probably will share it on a Friday as well when that is released. Next episode after that was Vina, who travelled the world solo this year for six months. And she's in her early 20s. So it was great to get that perspective of solo travel as a female, but also a very young traveller. Take yourself back to that age. I mean, bloody hell. I don't even know what a dumpling was. I still thought that was something you put on top of a stew, which is true. But the whole Chinese and East Asian world eat dumplings, right? So very green at that age unless you're well traveled before that and you're lucky that your parents can take you away and get you traveled in europe or wherever but so looking back for me i'm like bloody hell can't even imagine it so it's great to get that on record and hopefully it'll inspire some younger viewers and listeners to get out there and travel solo it's daunting i get it but there's a lot of people come on the podcast who've done it and would be happy to get in touch with you to talk about it and offer some advice so feel free to reach out And it was great to see her go to some other countries that you wouldn't normally think of. So Saudi Arabia, for example, and the Stans. And interestingly, the type of travel that she did was fly in, do a six weeks around the Stans, fly back to US, stay for a week, then fly out again. Mostly you hear people just doing it in one go, right? Start to finish six months. But that was quite interesting to hear that as well. Next episode, Dave Seminara, who wrote the book Mad Travellers. I implore you to read that book. It's so fun to read and I learned so much about this whole community, which is the extreme travel community. And you get to hear about places that you've never heard of, like Buvet Island, the most remote island in the world, uninhabited. The most inhabited island, Tristan Dacuna, is a British territory. That is the most inhabited island in the world. And it's got about, I think it's two to three hundred people on it. And I've done a bit of research over there how to get there. So a visa wouldn't be a problem because obviously we have British passports if you're from Britain. But you do have to get a special reason to go there. You can't, I don't think, just rock up. They do have a website for that country. There's whacking Google, Tristan da Cunha. You can check out how you get there using various boats and the specific paperwork that you might need. But also, I think I said before, the people who don't like travelling, that was the very interesting chapter in the book and discussion that we had on that episode very intrigued to understand that people don't like travel and why. And it's also interesting to hear that they are normally people who are exposed to travel when they're younger. So for me, not exposed, the dream to go to Hawaii was a dream. It was nowhere near reality. It was even a dream just to pop to south of France or south of Spain because it just wasn't possible. But they were a bit more achievable because of Europe and it's close. But the fact that you can fly over to Bora Bora or Hawaii or even New Zealand, Australia. Just an absolute dream for some people. And it's cool that you have that dream because it gives you motivation to get out there and get your money and get travelling, right? Which I've been trying to do for the last 10 years. And hopefully I'll carry on for a bit longer. Probably will carry on for the rest of my life, to be fair, because what else is there? So that was quite interesting to hear. And we had a great chat. Um, thanks, Dave, come on. I think he had a bit of a throat problem so he lasted as long as possible and we got some good content out of him for that and finally jack and maddie this week's episode they're traveling for 18 months in the americas they are doing all the promos at the minute with the media in ecuador for their silly new road trip competition win they're now on a road trip for 10 12 days i think it is with a group i think everywhere they go they see something 
there's a bit of a media scrum. They do some interviews. It's really cool to see. And it's great to see those guys smashing it. And this is a classic inspirational travel chat if you're thinking about going. So not only are they traveling for 18 months, they've also got this whole plan of sticking just to one big area, but it's one specific area, the Americas. It's obviously easy to go place to place, continent to continent, but they're kind of sticking with the Americas theme, and that's great. Of course, they're doing some volunteering to prolong the trip. The nudist hostel volunteering sounded very interesting. What are your thoughts on that? For me, not sure I could actually do it. And there's a few questions I asked in that interview. Check it out. But the thought of doing a nudist camp or a nudist hostel or even a nudist beach, terrifying. But there are plenty of episodes, plenty of stories, plenty of things to tell you. So take a listen, get inspired and get out there. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you start to my patron today, by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash Wigan Travel Podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad-free content, some early access to episodes, the exclusive added Travel Must Have feature on every episode, patron shout-out, some ad hoc bonus episodes, you'll get a copy of my digital travel planner, which is available on Etsy for free, and you'll get my monthly Wigan It Travel Podcast magazine if this takes your fancy you can sign up for four pounds seven dollars fifty canadian six dollars us a month and i really thank you for supporting the podcast next subject joffrey lakes so this weekend my partner's sister arrived for one week in vancouver and we're checking out the local area we popped to whistler to stay the night and then in the morning go to joffrey lakes now how do you get to joffrey lakes it's about a three hour drive north from vancouver and what we did is stayed in Whistler for a day and then stayed the night and got there early, which was about an hour drive from Whistler. There's no right or wrong way of doing this, but if you're going to go from Vancouver to Joffrey Lakes, you do need to get there early to get a parking space. There is an overflow car park, but I don't actually know if they ever run out of space. I'm not even sure what happens because there's nowhere else to go. So what you need to do is decide one of the two and probably get there from 9am to 9.30am. In that window, if you get there for that time, you'll get a space. To give you an idea, we got there at 9.30am. We're in the main car park. It was nowhere near full. And by the time we came back down, it's like 1.30ish. After the hike up and down and stayed there for lunch, it was full. So bear that in mind. Now, if you're in the height of summer, you want to go early so you don't get too hot. So that's another reason to go and get climbing up between 8 and 9am is a good time to start. Obviously, this weekend was a bonus long weekend for obvious reasons. We all know. We've all seen in the media. You still have to get a permit every day you climb. So don't forget to apply for permits and they do run out. So they kick off 7 a.m. PST. Get your permit. And once you have a permit, you have to make sure you declare for how many people are going on the hike. And then you show the guy when you go into the park with the email and he'll let you through. I would say the best time of year to do it personally is in the shoulder seasons september after the schools reopen is a good time to go because you're not inundated with kids running about and also it's not too busy on the roads and if you go early enough you should get a decent view up there it's not too busy but to bear this in mind we put it up there starting about half nine quarter ten maybe 10 a.m actually started walking up 
and it's a pretty steep climb. The first thing you see is Lake One. Amazing. Walk straight through. No climb to that. Then you start walking up to Lake Two. And the second lake is the most colourful and turquoise lake you'll see out of the three. It's also very busy because people obviously stop there for a bit of lunch because the climb between Lake One and Two is pretty decent. I think all trails have it as a moderate climb. It's relentless. It's probably a good 45 minutes straight up. No real break, really. So just bear that in mind, if you're not an avid hiker or you're not experienced, it's just going to take a bit of time to get there. We saw a lot of people when we come back down who are going up, who are knackered by the first 10 minutes, and I was thinking, bloody hell, how on earth are they going to get up there? But anyway, you get to Lake 2, amazing colours, turquoise to the max. Loads of little spots on the trail where you can dip in between the trees and have a little look. The Instagram log into the lake has sunk, but you can still walk on it. So that is possible. And once you've had a little chill out and a snack and admired the views at Lake 2, the hike up to Lake 3 is a bit shorter. It's probably another 15, 20 minutes. And you just go over the ridge and back down again. It's just sensational views with clear water. And you have to climb on some rocks, find a seat, have a coffee, and just chill out and admire the mountains there. Unbelievable views. You can also camp there. So you need to take your tent and climb up with it. And it's just a bit further on around the top lake at Lake 3. Uh, Quite a few people are doing that. But yeah, really enjoyed the views. I've done it twice. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is the most popular park in BC, I believe. That's what the rangers said. So you do need to get your permits early and leave early to get there. But once you're there and you're up, you won't regret it. If you want to see more pictures about how it looks, go and check out my Instagram. They're all on there. I think I put a few TikToks up as well, so go and check those out. So what's the plans for the fall? We've got a few long weekends left, September, October, November in Canada. Yeah, we have them pretty much every month. And we've got nothing actually booked in for those, but I think we will probably dip to some more islands near Vancouver Island. There's a few we've not been to yet. We may check out Sunshine Coast. We just had our car kind of serviced and fixed a little bit, so we're going to camp over there maybe. Probably definitely September and October. November might be a bit chilly, but... Hopefully we'll have good weather for those weekends and September and October's long weekend is actually pretty much after each other and that's in a few weeks so we might book something in but it all depends on the ferries, right? As you guys may or may well not know, booking ferries has to be done in advance in BC, in Canada. So to finalise, summer recap. Quick fire questions on a few trips this summer and I think this will be quite cool. So on my list, I have got the best island that I've been to. That will be Hornby Island. The best view has to be Lake 2 at Joffrey Lakes. That might be a bit of recency bias, but it's just sensational. Best beach, yeah, Hornby Island, Tribune Bay. That has to go in there. It's known as the Hawaii of BC. And it's clear water. You can walk right out. Pure sand. Idyllic. The best meal. It's definitely one in Spain. So I reckon one of the tapasses that we had, the paella actually, that we had after the first day walking in the hostel, they had this huge paella. Oh, too good. Best drink, of course, it's got to be a glass bottled Coke. So that. Setting for a coffee. Now, this is a great question. If you check out my Trendy Coffee podcast, you know that I do discuss this in length. Cafe Pazzo which is in Corcubion, just the town before sea in Spain. We just pretty much finished a walk on that day. 
and C was going to be a rest day. So we're like, great, we'll chill out. Got down from sort of the, the road that comes down from the hill and this cafe appeared. Got a trendy, trendy coffee. We sat out the front and just watched the world go by. We've got some water and a bit of beach in the, in the distance. We've got a little town in front of us and the road. Perfect for the situation. And if I was doing the Trendy Coffee podcast, I would have done a coffee podcast on that cafe. Best walk, the Camino Finisterre, of course. New person met. I'm going to give a shout out to Ruben, who I sort of got a lift with on the first day of my walk on the Camino. Nice French guy. Gave me a lift. Not that far. A couple of kilometres. Really appreciated it. A beer location. I reckon that could be on Main Island in one of the cafes or bars, if you like, that looked out into the sea. That's decent. Lesson learned. When you're hiking in the summer for a period of time that's in the sun, day to day, and you don't like sun cream, I don't like putting stuff on my skin, arm guards that protect your forearms from the sun, that's a lesson learned, and I need to order some. New thing that I've seen, a couple of black bears in the Rockies when we're driving. Yeah, that's good. Favourite town, Canmore in the Rockies. That was sensational. 360 view of just mountains. And we went in May to the snow-capped was just unrivaled. And favourite road, Icefields Parkway that we took. Calgary to Canmore to Banff, that road. It goes in between the mountains. It's just absolutely sensational. The views are incredible. We had an awesome day. Stopped off at some lakes, clear skies. Went to a glacier, all the above. Absolutely unreal. And I think I will settle on that. So yeah, decent summer. Went to the Rockies in Alberta. Went to Spain to do some Camino walking in Galicia. Went to UK for a bit. Been to Main Island. Been to Hornby Island. Been to Joffrey Lakes at the top there. And there's probably a few more trips I've not even remembered. So it's been a decent, decent summer. Seen a lot of things, loved a lot of things, and I just can't wait to get on the road again and see as many things as possible, podcast about them, tell you about them, promote them on social media, and inspire you to travel. So I'm going to finish on that. Thanks for tuning in for this Friday catch-up. It's been great. It's been a while. And I'll see you on Monday. Thanks for rating and reviewing the podcast, and I'll catch you soon. Ciao.